welcome to the CSF monthly podcast for November 2020. Uh, this podcast, as I think by now you know, is aiming to provide you with the latest updates in the, the field of cytokine signaling pathways and, and JAK inhibition. Now, today I'm going to review two really interesting papers, the first of which was published in the New England Journal of Medicine recently and analyzed the efficacy and safety of aparacitinib as opposed to abatacept in people with rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, the second paper is an integrated analysis which presents safety profile of aparacitinib in, again, people with rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, the, 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 the detailed summary slides of the papers discussed are, as always, available to you at cytokinesignaling.com. Go along to the website, have a look, you'll find they really are an invaluable resource. Well, let me turn first of all to this paper coming from uh, Professor Andrea Robert Roth and colleagues. Uh, and it compared the safety and efficacy of aparacitinib, which is an oral selective JAK inhibitor with abatacept in people with rheumatoid arthritis. It's called the Select Choice Study. Now, we know from previous studies that 30% uh, of patients can get to remission with the use of aparacitinib regardless of their prior treatment history. And this includes those who had not previously received methotrexate or indeed had treatment failure with conventional synthetic DMARDs. Uh, multiple head-to-head -head trials comparing TNF inhibition with another biologic DMARD have been conducted in people with rheumatoid with an inadequate response to CS DMARDs. Uh, this study reports a phase three double-blind trial in people with an inadequate response to biologic DMARDs previously. Uh, it was designed to compare the efficacy and safety of hepatocytinib with abatacept, each given in combination with stable background conventional synthetic DMARDs. Now, between apatacitinib and abatacept, two-thirds of patients had failed one DMARD out of 612 patients recruited. Primary outcome uh, was uh, given at week 12 and was met. Apatacitinib in combination with stable conventional synthetic DMARDs was superior to abatacept in achieving DAS28-CRP mean change from baseline. Uh, swollen joint counts did not differ substantially between groups, and findings for other components such as tender joint count generally showed that uparacitinib was superior to abatacept. The incidence and uh, serious adverse events and adverse event leading to discontinuation were numerically higher with uparacitinib. And finally, more grade three, four elevations in hepatic enzyme and uh, creatine kinase levels were reported with uparacitinib than with abatacept. So what do we conclude? Well, in this population of people with rheumatoid arthritis refractory to biologic DMARDs, apatacitinib was superior to abatacept for the achievement of remission. Over 24 weeks, apatacitinib, however, was associated with more serious adverse events than abatacept. So we need to look for real-world data just to guide us on this relative selection. Now, the second paper comes from uh, Stan Cohen and colleagues uh, analyzing the safety profile of hepatocytinib in rheumatoid arthritis through an integrated analysis from the Select Phase 3 clinical trial program. And again, the, the relevant background here, well, JAK inhibitors have demonstrated similar efficacy to biologic DMARDs in randomized controlled trials in people with rheumatoid. Um, when we're making decisions between physicians and patients, there's a, a shared decision-making process. And that, of course, means that we have to explain and understand the benefits as well as the risks of a treatment. Uh, the efficacy and the safety of hepatocytinib were studied in patients with moderate to severely active rheumatoid in five pivotal phase three randomized controlled trials, namely across the select clinical program. Uh, most patients were female in their mid-50s, median time, uh, with, with RA diagnosis was 1.26.4 years, and the baseline characteristics and, and medical history were well balanced across the groups. 
So the key results, well, the most common treatment to emergent adverse events uh, occurring in more than or equal to 10 events per 100 patient years with a paracitinib or upper respiratory tract infection, nasopharyngitis and urinary tract infection. Uh, exposure adjusted event rates for SAEs with paracitinib 15 milligrams were by and large comparable with adalimumab, but higher than methotrexate. SEA rates were higher for the paracitinib 30 as opposed to 15 milligrams with pneumonia being the most common event with both doses. And what about events of special interest? Well, serious infection events were similar between aparacitinib 15 milligrams and adalimumab, while the, the, the 30 milligram aparacitinib group, but not the 15 milligram group, showed increased risk versus placebo and adalimumab and, and was associated with some increases between month six and month 12. Uh, as with other JAK inhibitors, aparacitinib was associated with a higher risk of herpes zoster, uh, though most cases were non-serious and involved a single dermatome. The exposure-adjusted event for malignancy and non-melanoma skin cancer were generally comparable across treatment groups with the highest rates observed with aparacitinib of 30 milligrams. Exposure-adjusted event rate of adjudicated MACE and uh, VTE were comparable across treatment groups and did not increase over time with aparacitinib. And finally, the creatinine uh, uh, phosphokinase elevations were more frequent with aparacitinib as opposed to placebo, methotrexate or adalimumab. And these were typically asymptomatic. Uh, few led to discontinuation of drug. Well, what do we conclude here? Well, aparacitinib 15 milligrams appears to have a similar safety profile to adalimumab for serious infections malignancies, uh, thromboembolic events, whilst the 30 milligram dose does show an increase events in a number of areas. Uh, patients receiving aparacitinib had an increased risk of herpes zoster and CPK elevation as opposed to adalimumab. But overall, I think the analysis demonstrates an acceptable safety profile for aparacitinib in people with rheumatoid arthritis and certainly doesn't identify any new safety risks as compared with those we've seen emerging already with the other JAK inhibitors in class. Well, I hope that's been helpful to you. If you want to look at other publications uploaded this month, head across to the publications page in cytokinesigling.com. You can find slides reviewing recent publication by one of our CSS steering committee members, uh, Kevin Winthrop, on the incidence of infections and serious infections with tofacitinib versus biologic DMARDs in people with RE. And as always, thank you for your attention. These are challenging times and it's great just to think about rheumatology for a change. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and let us know what you think by leaving a review. Thanks ever so much for your attention. Wishing you and all of yours the very best of times.